We have a thousand things to do, but we'd rather chat to you. With emails and meetings and husbands and kids, we don't have time for this. Just what you need to basic bitches with a podcast. Hello and welcome to We Don't Have Time For This. I'm your host, Gemma Pranita, a.k.a. Gemma Peanut on Zigram, <laughs> along with my co-host. I don't know where I'm going here with this. <laughs> coffee, 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 revs. I can't believe I've defaulted back to revs. This is your diabolical plan all along. Yeah. Everyone needs to know the Rev Dizzy Dog Meister. But I'm never allowed to call you your nickname. Like you just blanket ban me from calling you what I actually call you. So I call you Jem. Jem Shmem. Like we're casual 12-year-old friends. (laughs) (laughs) What did I call you last night? Kate Heavy Breather Reefs. Which is just so unfair because I'm not a heavy breather. Revs and I were joking about sharing a bed. We are actually going away together to Tasmania in a few weeks. And uh, my childhood memory of sharing many a bed with Revs is that she is such a heavy breather. When I sleep. Yeah, when you sleep. Not when I'm awake. The way you say Kate heavy breather Reeves, (laughs) it makes me sound like I'm a heavy breather. Like I'm like... Like in the everyday conversation. Yeah, you've got an inner Peter Griffin. No. <laughs> Lois. <laughs> oh this is already loose. Gems had a coffee. You always used to say like, look at you, such an angelic sleeper with your mouth closed and you don't move. Or projection, because I'm not an angelic sleeper. I look like I've died. I come from a long line of sleeping with your mouth wide open. Bit of dribble coming out. Head back, just like cockroaches crawl on in. Like just <laughs> catching flies. Nothing I can do about it. It really it's bad for your teeth as you get older. Oh, really? But what can you do? You can't like train yourself to sleep differently. You look like Juliet in the crypt when you're asleep. <laughs> you're so beautiful. Actually, my husband and kids look like Juliet in the crypt too. They're very beautiful sleepers. So I'm glad I haven't passed it on. I'm just still... And motionless, mouth closed, eyes closed. Yeah, you're That's like a cartoon it. of how you look when you sleep. <laughs> I think I even sleep with my hands clasped together with oh, yeah. my head resting yes, on you're them. you're like the Fiorucci logo. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm not a pretty sleeper. It used to be a major anxiety for me when I was like in my slut stage. <laughs> I was like, I can't sleep over because they can't see me sleeping. It's not oh, attractive. Oh man, harking back to late teens. When you're out trying to impress a boy and getting up in the morning and making sure my face was okay and then climbing back into bed. Oh my God, in your teens? Late teens. What sleepovers were you doing in your teens? Oh, I was doing sleepovers mid-teens. Yeah, your mum was cool. I had a cool mum. Your mum was like, eh, you're going to do it in a park. You may as well do it in my house. One of those cool mums. She wasn't like the other mum. She was a cool mum. <laughs> she was a cool mum. And now that I've got a daughter of my own, I keep saying to mum, how did you let me do these things? How were you so cool and so good at relinquishing control? So just to give the dear listeners a bit of context, from the age of 13, I was always allowed to have boys sleep over. Yes. My mum's whole parenting philosophy is if you take something away, yeah. they're going to want to do it more. Yeah. So my mum always said to me, you're a teenager, you're going to have sex. And you're like, mom. Yeah, I'd be like, don't. <laughs> not. Not true, but true. Shush, don't want to talk about it. <laughs> and so her whole theory was you're going to have sex. I would prefer you to do it under the safety of my roof rather than in a car at a graveyard somewhere. <laughs> graveyard. 
graveyard classic. <laughs> May have done some kinky shit in a graveyard once when I was in year nine. Oh my God, I don't even know this story. I don't think you were there that night for whatever reason. I definitely reason. wasn't. So it was one of those classic nights where I said to mum, mum, I'm going bowling with my friends. Bowling. Yeah. Great cover. <laughs> Takes ages. Sure enough, my mum and my brother went to see a movie and on her way home from the movie, she was like, oh, maybe we should see if Jem wants a lift from the bowling club. So generous. So then she turns up. Sure enough, no one's there. She speaks to the manager and is like, were there a group of kids around age 14? I bet he gets that every night. (laughs) Oh, God, he would. And uh, we were at the local graveyard. Getting absolutely wasted. Oh, God. I just remember our friends just running around topless. Wow. I know. How do I not know about this lit night? (laughs) Got FOMO. We're going to have a few dear listeners who are like, oh, yeah, I remember that night. (laughs) Your house was the house I said I was going to and often was going to, but just omitted a few details. So Revs was the girl as well who used to walk out of the house in (laughs) one outfit. So just picture her in a knee-length sensible sandy skirt with a lovely sensible sandy top fitted, yes, because she had killer boobs. Yep, still do. Come on. Sorry, I was using the past tense there. (laughs) And then just imagine a sandy from Greece, neat little cardigan over the top. No. Yes. No. I have the exact outfit in my head. It was from Cook Eye. Oh, yeah. You had a lime green skirt yeah, yeah, yeah. you should pick cardigan <laughs> yes. right you know the one I'm talking yeah, about I know it, I know it. so she would walk out of her house wearing this proper outfit she would then jump into my mum's car and then right in the back seat you would put your slutty outfit I on just strip off and put my hound dog boob tube on <laughs> <laughs> and I once got caught because there was like a photo yes. from a night out and mum's like what are you wearing and I was like oh and she's like did you get changed and I was like um and she was really great she goes I think you look really nice. And it was such a turning point. Oh, yeah. how good. But no, I was so shit at sneaking out. I snuck out like twice, got caught both times. My sister, I feel like I can out her now. My sister snuck out like every night for like three years. She got away with everything. everything. But that's because she's the younger sim. She's just better at it than me. I'm just such a prefect. I'm so shit at being dodgy. Yeah. We had a lot of uh, sleepovers at your house that were not just brownie mixes and watching Bring It On. <laughs> We actually had a cupboard with a mattress in it, and it was dubbed the Love Shack. This is so effed up. It's like in Geordie Shore, they had the Fukut. Oh, the Fukut. Oh. So much shit went down in that Love Shack. I feel like we've really thrown your mum under the bus here. Happy Mother's Day. No, you know what, mum? You are cool, mum. Yeah. And everyone still talks about it to this day, and you are my actual hashtag goals. You're also my goals, and you know what? We're all fine. We all ended up fine. Yeah, if anything, I'm a little annoyed at how sensible I've turned out. Yes, for someone who had free range. I know. Or free reign. I don't know. What's the right one? That's one of those ones I'm always like, which one is it? (laughs) (laughs) You are very straight in 180. But I think it's because I really got to explore my identity without any manacles. Mm. So I think my mum's philosophy actually worked. I'm really hoping I can be that kind of mum. I don't think you can choose it. No, it's the same as when you first become a parent, yeah. when you have your firstborn, and you've read all the books and done all the research, and then you just end up being the parent you were always meant to be. Exactly. Whether that's a militant, routine mum, yeah. or like a loosey-goosey, go-with-the-flow mum, you can't pick it. Is there something in between? Do you have to be militant or loosey-goosey? <laughs> 
Can't you just? I don't think your mum was loosey goosey. No, she wasn't. But she did be like, knock knock, I'm coming in with snacks. Everyone, put your clothes on. Here comes some popcorn. Who wants a brownie? <laughs> She's British, by the way. Was that a good accent? No, it was terrible. <laughs> yeah, I hope that I will be cool and down for it. But if I get orkies and like, no. No, not tonight. No, maybe next week. (laughs) Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? All I know is that I'm fucking terrified of teenage Rafa. Oh, you should be. Yeah. Oh, she's got lit all over her. She is sass queen. (laughs) And do you think your hubs will be chill? Hubs and I had a conversation just this week about how she is a kid who really needs boundaries. Yeah. Because... But show me a kid who doesn't need boundaries. I don't know. I... I feel like the good mum's daughter, Mm. she is so deliciously compliant. She's just Sensitive, kind, lovely. Like, I feel like you can put a few boundaries around her and she's like, yeah. Yeah, I I like this framework. I'll work within it. Feeling safe. Rafa, no freaking way. Yeah. You give that kid an inch, she takes a mile. Yes. Isla's like that too. I could say to Isla, you can have 17 jelly beans and she'll go, 18. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> the negotiation. Like it doesn't matter how much I give her, she wants to push it. Yeah, yeah. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. Yeah, but also it's us. I know we are exactly the same. Oh, I see myself in her so much that it hurts. I know it's like having a mirror held up with my ugly truths, and I don't want to confront them. And I'm like, oh, and there's a miniature version of me yes. who's just reminding me of what a pain in the ass I was to my mum when yeah. I was a teenager. Your mum doesn't even hide that either. She's like, oh yeah, Gemma's the worst. <laughs> oh yeah, she says 14 to 18 was the worst years of her parenting oh, life. Really? Yeah, and yet she played it so cool. Like she never gave that away to me. Yeah. She always looked cool, calm, collect, like she had her shit together. Mm. And it's only now that I've become a parent that she's sort of divulged to me how much of a nightmare I was Mm. and how she didn't sleep for like five years through my teens. Because the worry. The worry. That's just going to get bigger and bigger, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Slight left turn. Oh. I need to bring something up with you that's very important. Okay. I'm here. Ears open. Ready. So, emojis. You know the emoji that's like... A smiley face. No, stop. <laughs> I hope this is going somewhere deep because no, you just, not. I'm sorry, but you cannot preface it with, I have to talk about something important and then launch into emojis. <laughs> I think I've been using an emoji incorrectly my whole emoji life. Okay. So Which you know, one? You know, the smiley one. Yes. With the two hands either side, like open, like open palmed either side doing yes, that. Yes. What does that mean? A hug. Okay, so I thought it was, ta-da! <laughs> Spirit fingers! Is that what you thought? So I use it and I'm like, I'll drop a zinger in a text and then be like, ta-da! No, the receiver is like, oh, mom hugs. Yeah. Bit lukewarm for revs. Normally she provides a bit more of a zing than a I bit of a hug. I should have used the Spanish dancer lady instead. Dude, I live on that emoji. Actually, that emoji will easily be in my top ten. Okay, sh- let's have a look. Show me your most frequently used emojis. I'll show you mine if you show me yours. Done. Ooh, this is fun. Show me. Oh my god, mine is so random. Oh, I look angry. Oh, this is a really brutal representation of motherhood. Show me yours. Okay. Okay, so Jem's got. <laughs> okay, so Jem's got the Spanish dancer lady. Yep. You've got the sweary emoji. You've got a wine. I do. <laughs> What's that from? Always texting you, babe, you need a drink. <laughs> You've got a pointing up, pointing down, and a peace sign, all in your skin tone. <laughs> <laughs> 
You've got the oh, awkward teeth one. Oh, that one I use a lot. I think I use that in that almost gets every text. so much mileage. So much. You've got a peach. Oh, no, it's an orange. Oh, so Rafa clogged our toilet with mandarin peel I recently. I saw that. And I was replying to a bunch of DMs being like, mandarin, and then <laughs> face. <laughs> that's why so that's the mandarin and the all go together. Yes. Okay. You've got the welling up one where the eyes are like full of tears. No, that's a... Oh, so cute. Oh, is it? Yeah, for me, it's like when Rafa does something heartbreakingly cute, it's like, mur, 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 you're so cute. Oh, like Puss in Boots. Yes, yes, oh, from Shrek. I thought it was like, I'm going to cry. That's that's a lot. And you've also got the one with the tongues out and the eyes are going in different directions like that. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> that one, I would say, is my second top frequently most used after the... Okay, I don't, I don't know what mine are, but I think it's the one where it's like the wobbly smile and the eyes are like, oh. I call that one, I'm having a stroke face. Yes. <laughs> or like, I'm so drunk on life, can't get my shit together emoji. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I feel like that one is motherhood personified, actually. I think it is too. So, Revzy. What have I got? Quite the eclectic mix of emojis All here. Right. All right, hit me. We've got the standard wine and coffee. Always. Plus a martini. Always. Oh, plus champagne. <laughs> oh, you've, got, you've got the whole trifecta of alcohol in here. A martini with the champagne chaser and then a bottle of wine. Yes. <laughs> okay, but this is where it gets quirky. What's with the dagger? Babe, do we need to unpack this? <laughs> I just feel like that one represents fuck my life, you know? Like, <laughs> FML, dagger. <laughs> there used to be a gun, but they got rid of it. For no, they changed it. Oh, to a water pistol. Yes. It doesn't have the same effect. It does not have the same effect, because one of my favourite things was to do a gun to a head. It's dark, but it I is. did it too. Same, with the mind-blown emoji, like, oh, whoa. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> is that taking it a step too far? Maybe. I used to do the, like, intense crying one, you know, the one that's going, wah! And then with the gun. gun, yeah. But okay. now I just do the knife because <laughs> I'm feeling a bit murdery. <laughs> what else have I got? The rogue one to me is the rocket. Oh, I love the rocket. What do you use that for? In what context? Just like, strap in, bitches. <laughs> Here we go. Love it. I just feel like it's like, the shit's going well. Oh, did you have a shit's going well recently in order oh, to prompt yes. you using the rocket? Yes, I had the best work week last week. This makes me so happy to yes. hear. Yes. I just had a killer work week. Like I had some really cool projects on, had some cool ideas, went to a cool event. We like won some business that was really exciting. I've got some upcoming things that are just going to be really fun to make. And I just loved my job. I think it's good that we share some wins. Yeah, sometimes you win. Especially in the work department yes. as working mums, because I feel like we whinge a lot. On what? On Whinge FM? <laughs> Never. <laughs> Look, I didn't have a great home life week last week. I really dropped the ball with my kids and then I was frenetically running around trying to get Teddy's birthday weekend sorted. So look, it was a spinning plates, ball dropping, juggle insert metaphor here week, but I had a really good work week and it just, it filled my cup. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, it was just great to feel really creative, to feel really on top of everything and to feel like I was doing a good job. Yes. Because isn't this the thing, like you always feel like, as we've said, you never work so hard to disappoint so many people. You always feel like, I'm not nailing motherhood. I'm not nailing my work. I'm not being a good friend. I'm not being a good daughter. At least last week I was like, I'm good at my job. Yes. And so often we need that validation yeah. because it keeps us going. Because yeah. otherwise, why the fuck are we working so hard to exactly. disappoint so many people? Yes. So if you can tick that box off in a week yeah. where, yeah, your home life fell to shit. <laughs> Swings and roundabouts. Smiles and trials. Yes. 
Can we talk about last week's app? I know. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sorry. I didn't want to make anyone scared while they were breastfeeding at 4am. Yeah, you have haunted some peeps. Oh, well, you too. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) The light flickering thing. I know. Really wigged people out. The video, if you haven't seen it, we've saved it to our highlights on our We Don't Have Time for This Instagram page. Lots of different theories about the ghoul (laughs) and who or what it is. A lot of people think, oh, it's just a swimmer that's come out of the water. At 9pm. It was at (laughs) 9pm. And why were they crawling out like they'd been shipped wrecked for a week? I was so confused. In Noosa. <laughs> anyway, go check it out. But that episode was an absolute zinger. Yeah. Can I just request, though, and I mean this with so much love, please don't at me. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know what it is. No, I didn't doctor it. Yes, it's real. I'm just as stumped as you. And also, no one gave us a reason as to why Rafa's lights continue to flicker on and off. Well, I saw a few DMs that said it's definitely protection, like someone's protecting her. It's not like haunting. I saw a few that said that. Well, you need to mark those as unread so I can read them too. I was kind of like looking at them and speed reading them because I was a bit scared (laughs) and then like parking them. (laughs) You know what I don't have time for this week? What don't you have time for? Iggy turning into a biter. Ah, shit balls. Yeah, I was nervous that this day was coming. He's 16 months nearly. I thought I'd got away with it scot-free. I thought, nah, he's 16 months. He's not going to develop a biting habit now. Yeah. How wrong I was. But he's 16 months going on one. True. (laughs) (laughs) He's Benjamin Button, guys. He is, he is. So we got that whole, like, turned up to daycare, and then the daycare educator was like, so had an incident, blah, 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 Iggy bit, another kid. And I've never had a biter before. Rafa has been at the receiving end of many a bite Mm -hmm. and many a hit. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know that this is because she's the perpetrator of shit where she has snatched something, taken something. So I was always very like, well, she probably deserved it kind of thing. (laughs) Bitch had it coming. But my sweet balba. Oh my God. Here we go. Biting. Here we go. Listen to you. My daughter, she can cop it. My perfect son. I know. He could never be. (laughs) What is wrong with me? You're a cliche. I am a cliche. Now, biting is one of the hardest things Mm. to school and Mm -hmm. to discipline. Yes. Yes. So as I've said before, one of the techniques that I was taught with dealing with children who bite is that when they perform the act, (laughs) that you give all of your attention and energy to the victim of the bite. Mm -hmm. So we were at home and Rafa, bless her, went in to give Iggy a cuddle. Oh, no. And he straight up chomped her cheek. Savage. Where you could see all of his teeth marks embedded in her face. Oh, my God. And straight away, Hubs and I were like, oh, Rafa, and like picked her up because she was crying, obviously. It hurt. And we were just all over her and just moved her away from him. And we were all about her. And Iggy absolutely lost it. Mm. We didn't scold him. Mm -hmm. We didn't point the finger at him. None of it. But he just knew that A, he wasn't getting any attention. B, the way that we swooped to her with such concern and care. He realized indirectly that he had done something wrong. And then he really, really displayed empathy. Wow. And I have to say, touch wood, but he hasn't bitten since. Okay. This was about four days ago that oh, this happened. Okay. So I'm hoping, I sent him off to daycare today. We'll, we'll see. That uh, <laughs> the report comes back positive at the end of the day. Dear listener, this is present gem mid-editing, just jumping in to give you a bit of an update that Iggy did indeed continue with his biting behaviour upon return to daycare. So, yeah. 
Love that for me. Love it. I'd always prefer to be a parent of the bitten than the biter. Yeah, it's hard. Sorry, kids. Sacrifice you. (laughs) It's so full on. And you feel so bad. But then at the same time, it's like, well, it's an agent stage. And and they they, do move through it quickly if you're lucky. Yes. Well, I'm hoping Iggy's biting phase doesn't linger. Well, he's starting to get a few words, right? Is he? Oh. (laughs) I mean, he's 16 months. I was assuming he would start to say like, mama. Nope. Well, maybe that's part of the problem if he's non-verbal. He's really frustrated. Yeah, he can't say what he wants. No. I've seen a few tanties on him lately. Yeah. Yeah, he's getting sick of not being able to say what he needs. And I get the frustration yes. of that. Yeah. It's like, mate, we'll just start talking. Come on. Should I be worried that he's non-verbal no, at 16 no, months? No, no. We know this. We've gone over this many times. They okay. all get there in different ways. I have to say I am grateful that he is my second because yeah. you know when it's your first you get really angsty about yep. milestones and you oh that bluey episode called Baby Race. If you haven't seen it it is amazing. I know I'm talking about a kids show but there's no. lessons in it for bluey adults. Bluey is not just a kids show. Bluey is a masterpiece. It's amazing. But there's an episode called Baby Race where it's all about Bluey's mum being a first-time mum when Bluey was a baby and getting all competitive and anxious with her fellow mothers in her mother's group with the babies being the first to roll over or the first to crawl and the first to walk. Now, because Rafa was queen, I want to do everything like yesterday. Yeah. I never had to confront any feelings of, oh my gosh, is she okay? Like she seems behind. It was more like, slow down, baby girl. You look crazy. Exactly. (laughs) But with Iggy, I'm so chilled about it because I'm like, eh, he'll get there. And he's a second born and I kind of don't have time to worry or think about it. As my mum always says, do you know any adults who can't walk? Do you know any adults who can't take themselves to the toilet? And do you know any adults who can't put themselves to bed? Like, we all get there eventually. And yeah. if you were to line up a bunch of 18-year-olds, could you go, oh, you mm. were baby-led weaned. <laughs> that one was breastfed. Or yeah. that was an early walker. Or you yeah. teethed early. Oh, yeah. you're so advanced. Yes. So worry not, I suppose. Actually, at this event I was at, there was someone there who was pregnant with their second I said, is this your first baby? She's like, no, I've got a little boy. This is my second. And I'm really nervous about going from one to two. And it just reminded me the difference from going from zero to one and then from one to two. Oh, it's enormous. It's so different. Well, let's just rewind it back to even pregnancy. Yeah. Pregnancy with your first, you've got all the time in the world to muse on the idea of what this child is, and you get to have all the naps whenever you want. Take what you need, eat all the Tim Tams. Yep. Start envisioning its future, thinking about its wardrobe, doing 17 Pinterest boards for all the different areas of their life. No, just me. (laughs) (laughs) No, right there with you, sis. And then fast forward to second pregnancy, when you've got a toddler or a five-year-old, whatever it is, your attention is redirected to this tiny little gremlin that sucks the life out of you. And when I say tiny little gremlin, I'm not talking about the one growing inside. No. I mean the one that's earth side. Yeah. Well, you've got both, don't you? You've got the gremlin inside and the gremlin outside. Well, I call the one inside a parasite. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I was so sick with both of my pregnancies, and this is partly why I needed to find out the gender with both babies mm. because I felt so disconnected mm. and was, resentful yeah I yeah. was resentful mm-hmm. because it was life-altering yeah I felt so sick all the time that I would just be like this parasite and my husband was like the sooner we can find out this baby's gender mm. the better so that you can actually humanize it mm. and feel some sort of connection to it yes. rather than it just being a floating sexless amoeba yes 
Yeah, well, I don't know what my excuse was for finding out apart from I'm just impatient. Yeah. <laughs> I just have to know. If I can know something, I have to know it. I had beautiful pregnancies, easy pregnancies. The second one was harder because, you know, so tired. Yeah. Up all night, all the things, can't rest. But I love being pregnant. I know you do. It's wild to me. If you wanted a third baby, I'd totally carry it for you. What? I love being pregnant, love giving birth, just don't want the kid. Mind blown. Yeah. You couldn't pay me enough to walk through the pregnancy path again. Oh, you'd have to pay me a million dollars. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, not really. (laughs) Dude, I'm going to hold you to that. Yeah, go for it. Not that I want a third, but if I ever change my mind. So tell me, Rebsy. What did you find harder, going from none to one mm-hmm. or one to two? None to one. Oh, okay. Hands down, none to one. Why? So your life changes overnight. You've got all your autonomy. It's just you and your partner. You've got your life exactly how you want it. Yes, when you're pregnant, you do all the dreaming and you've never been so excited and positive about the future, right? Because you're just dreaming up this life of this child, just bigging it up, getting all the expectations really high. And then overnight your life just is no longer your own yeah and i don't think any preparation can actually set you up for that mental shift yeah you know it you know you're going to have to feed a lot you know there's going to be naps you, you know you're going to be busy and that this baby's going to be in your life and you're going to have to run its schedule and all those things but i don't think you or i certainly didn't appreciate how out of control i would be yeah and how in charge the baby was And I found that shift as a control freak and a type A personality, I found that really challenging. I absolutely agree. And the thing about your first as well is that you don't have the power of hindsight on Mm. any of the experience. Everything's new. But in the first three months, that intense dependency where you're dealing with cluster feeding and the sleeplessness and adjusting to running on hard adrenaline Mm. and high cortisol levels that I had serious dark thoughts in my head for the first three months where I thought, what have I done? Yeah. And I thought, is this my life now? That's the thing from going from zero to one. I didn't have the, what have I done? But I had the, um, is this my life now? Yeah. At every turn. So, you know, like the first sleep regression, the first time they get reflux, the first time they get a cold, the first time they have a tantrum, all those firsts, you go, oh, this is it. This is us now. This is where we live. You don't, as you say, have that foresight to be like, oh, we'll move through this. Nothing lasts forever. It's a phase, whatever. I think when you go from one to two, you, even though you might not chill right out, you still have to do all the things. When Teddy was born, I was like, oh shit, that's right. This... (laughs) Feeding all the time, sore boobs, like milky madness. I don't want to do this again. But you know what blows my mind is how quickly you get amnesia. I had my two 20 months apart. Yes. And when Iggy came along, I was like, what do I do? Yeah. How do I put a nappy on? Well, it's designed that way. How do I bath way. a newborn? I'm Otherwise sure it is. never have any more children. Totally. If you could fully remember it crystal clear you'd never go back in again i have such vivid trauma about pregnancy Mm. that it is enough to stop me from ever wanting to do it again but sweetheart you had very bad pregnancies yes they were very very traumatic you know how people say that thing it's like i'm just pregnant i'm not disabled that flippant remark you hear all the time it was debilitating you were just like you were disabled by it like literally as in physically and mentally knocked over by it so i get it yeah, I just never want to do it again. Yeah. But going back to going to number two, yes. I will say that 
I had a confidence second time around yeah. that I didn't have with the first. Where, mm-hmm. yes, even though I just stated that I had amnesia and I was like, how mm. do I do this again? But it's like riding a bike. Once mm. you start doing it, you're like, oh, yeah, I remember this. I remember how to bath a newborn. I remember solids. Oh, such a drag. But every stage that came, I felt so differently about it second time around because I knew how fleeting it was. Yes. I remember with Rafa doing solids and making puree and being like, fuck my life. Is this my life? Is this like, my life now? Back to that thought train. Yeah. But with Iggy, I was like, oh, we're back at the puree stage. But that's okay. It's a blip. Yeah. It'll be over so quickly. And yes. it was. Yeah. But what hurts your heart the second time around is how painfully fast yes. the newborn stage goes. Yes. And it's not as vivid as the first baby. No, it's such a blur because the toddler. Mm-hmm. Now, if anyone listening to this is worried about going from one to two kids, from the perspective of, but I'm so worried that my baby is going to lose me. My firstborn. And it's going to impact our relationship. And I feel like I'm going to fuck up their life by throwing in a sibling. Let me assure you with something. Your firstborn will still get 85% of your time, your energy, I'd say 95. your attention. Let's go with 95. <laughs> it will Thieve. Demand. Fucking vampire. <laughs> suck the blood out of you. Think of the poor second born. Oh, spoken like a true second born. Well, <laughs> you know what? I was born into a life with a sibling. I don't know what it was to have my parents' full undivided attention on me, 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 me. Yeah. Which is why I had to fight so hard for attention. Okay, but hold up. That second born turns 18 months or where Iggy's at now. And it swaps. The nah. elder one can kind of chill nah. and look after themselves a bit more. And then everything moves to the cute little one who's doing all the cute things. And the older one is no longer cute and is just annoying and a bit of a brat. <laughs> <laughs> and the cute one stays cute for life. That's true. You talk about a blip. There's like two years where the new one gets ignored in the corner of the room and the toddler demands all the attention. But then the youngest is the youngest forever. And the eldest one's kind of annoying forever. Said like a true firstborn. Well, yeah, I know I'm kind of just annoying forever. My sister's always going to be the cuter, nicer one that everyone likes more. And gets away with murder. (laughs) And gets away with murder. While I did say going from one to two, you're oozing more confidence. And now you've got the power of hindsight to know that every stage is fleeting and doesn't last. I will say that where it got taxing for me going from one to two is the relentlessness, I think, steps Mm. up a big notch because you're no longer able to tag team one kid. Yes. Hubs was on Rafa, I was on Iggy, and it was just round-the-clock care. Mm. And then if Hubs was at work, I then had to take on Rafa duties, and I just felt like I never got a break. No, you don't. You don't get a break. And you never see each other. No. And that's where the whole... Wow, we're floating around, existing through life as flatmates at yeah. the moment while we're raising two kids. I feel like with your first as well, you and your partner kind of bond over the milestones. Yeah. Whereas with Iggy, and yeah. I hate to say this, but it's like, oh, yeah, he's doing that now. And that could happen on Monday and then on Wednesday, like, oh, by the way, Iggy rolled the other day. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I said to Hubs the other day, Iggy took three steps and he was like, oh, my God. But with Rafa, we were both there yeah. to witness it, to capture it on video, yeah. all the things. It's so different. Do you ever look at parents with just one kid, like a little kid in a high chair, and they're both feeding it and one's like setting up some activity to distract it, the other one's spooning food, and you're like, oh, that's right. 
there used to be two of us to one kid. Yes. And then when you go to two kids, as you say, it's like, oh, okay, you look at that one. I'll take that one. It's just like divide and conquer. Yes. I can't imagine going to three. I can't either. But it does make me think, are younger siblings more resilient because of the accidental neglect? Oh, absolutely. The more you're ignored you are, the more resilient you are, right? <laughs> Isn't that why the third kid's always really cool and just like, yeah, whatever. The firstborn's like, okay, got to make sure everyone in the family's happy all the time and everyone likes me and I've done the right thing and everything's sorted. And People the pleaser child, syndrome. And the middle child just like, hey, here for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> like, rock and roll. <laughs> just like, fuck some shit up. <laughs> See, could you ever make Iggy a middle child? No. I just don't think Teddy could handle being a middle child. I just, I just, uh, I don't know. I feel torn because I always wanted three. Mm -hmm. I pictured three Mm -hmm. and then I experienced birth and pregnancy and went, no, I'm very happy with two. Iggy completes our family. Happy for him to be the cute little baby of the group. So I'm just going to speak up for the people who must be shouting at the radio. (laughs) (laughs) Winge FM. (laughs) Winge FM right now and be like, Jem, pregnancy's nine months, birth's one day. Can't you think long game? Isn't it worth it to suck it up and go through that again for the long reward of three children in your family? Okay, yes, I can see how that's an arguable point. But in the grand scheme of, let's say, 40 years, what's nine months plus one day or two days of birth and the recovery? Sure. But while I could go through all my physical ailments of being pregnant and that I could barely walk and then I had pups rash and I was having a shower every two hours in the night and covering my body in calamine lotion, I can go into all that. But I would take all the physical ailments of pregnancy over the mental health issues yeah. that I was suffering. Yes. Because if you've experienced depression, it is the darkest hole. Yeah that you've ever been in prior to pregnancy you've not been someone who's battled depression their whole lives like it's not something you had tools for no I've always been pretty balanced so it really threw me for a loop and it would be like saying to someone hey do you want to dive back into depression for nine months Mm. like who's gonna say yeah Yeah. Mm. keen for it here for it no yeah And I think for Hubs and I, we agree that we're very happy to not be outnumbered by children. Mm. I don't say that smugly. I know there's a lot of people with three or four kids. And trust me, I wanted three. Mm. So I've had to make big life adjustments to be happy with two. And I am very comfortable with it. But then if I look to the future, I love the idea of a big family and your three kids and maybe they have partners and grandchildren and all of that abundance appeals to me. So then I feel a bit torn, if I'm honest. Yeah, just like a big Nora Ephron movie. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone around the Christmas table just like looking gorgeous in their cashmere. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. The idea of a big adult family is so appealing to me. Yeah. But I, I, I don't think I have another toddler in me. I could do another baby, no problem. I could do another pregnancy. I could do another birth. I would like to birth that baby, ship it off at about, mm, I'm going to say 14 months and get it back at four. (laughs) So those years that I am currently in are peak hell for you. My youngest just turned four. I'm obsessed with him. And Isla at four, I was obsessed with her. And she's just gotten better and better every day since four. Like, I feel like four is such a marker. It's out of toddlerhood, It is. And like... You can really talk to them. You can really engage, negotiate. You know who they are. They can behave. And they're less dependent. Yeah, I mean, they're not. They're so dependent. Probably more emotionally than like 
Both my kids can like get themselves a bowl of cereal now. I guess one of my big questions is at what age can they wipe their own asses? Oh, mine can. Both? Both. Do they do a solid job? Yeah. Oh, every now and then I'm like, whoa, mate, what's hanging out here? But, you know, like, as a general rule, yes, they both wipe their own asses. What's hanging out where? On his asshole. Ew. I know, sometimes he'll be, like, a bit scratchy and I'm like, oh, better check for worms. Nope, just a smear of shit. Just skitties. Just skitties everywhere. It's usually because he's in a rush. He just yeah. wants to get back to the game or whatever. But he's pretty good. The both of them are well and truly through the woods there. So four. I'm not far off that. Rafa just turned that. three. So, yeah. you know. She's advanced. Is she? <laughs> in some ways, yes. So in conclusion, I think if you've made the shift to parenthood, mm. nothing is no. going to be as big an adjustment yes. as that. Yes. That's what I was thinking before, actually. It's this change of identity from not a parent to parent that for me was bigger than any practical hands on how many kids you've got, what's the schedule, who's on who. The shift in myself from I'm just me with my partner to I'm a fucking mother. And responsible for keeping this tiny person alive. I think I remember describing it to you before you had Rafa. I think you had an epiphany like, oh my God, I just realized I'm just going to have to run this little person's day forever. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, yeah. And I think I said to you, it's like before you're a parent, sometimes you'll get to the weekend and you'll be like, do you know what? This weekend, I just need to do nothing. I've just been really busy lately, running around, work's crazy. So this weekend, no plans. I'm just going to wipe the diary and I'm just going to sit at home and do nothing. Remember that? Yes. Becoming a parent is like, that can never happen again. It's true. Because there is no such thing as just sitting at home and doing nothing. You have to like bargain, organize and buy that time away to do nothing. And that itself is so exhausting. I do remember when you became a mum and I would finish my work day, sit on the couch watching some shit on TV. Family guy, obviously. And and thinking, holy shit. Rebs has got like three hours till Isla's bedtime and she is in a marathon right now while I've got my legs up, sitting here chowing down on my snacks, loving life, mm. recuperating yes, from the day. Restoring. Yes, all of those things that you don't get to do as a parent. And that was shocking to me when I had a kid. I was like, oh, my God, I'm just so tired. I want to cry every day. It's so hard. Whereas when you have your second... You're just piling more chaos to the chaos that's already there. You've already got all the shit. Your house is now full of plastic and crap. You've already lost your whole life. Exactly. You're already not in charge of anything. So you can just continue to be lost, just wading your way through the (laughs) shit show of life. And for me, the biggest adjustment of going from none to one was realizing how selfish I was and how hard I found the adjustment to becoming utterly selfless. Mm. Because becoming a parent... I can hand on heart say it is the most selfless act I have ever done. Yes. Where your kid wakes up at 5 a.m. and is like, I'm hungry. I want breakfast. And every single cell in my body wants to say, go away. (laughs) And yet, like on autopilot. Yep, let's go. I get up, (laughs) make her a bowl of porridge, sit there in the dark. Dreaming I was in the Bahamas. <laughs> With Julio the pool boy. Yes. <laughs> I know. So 
as you know, I've been going through a relaunch. Yes. Because <laughs> I think there's something about the seven-year mark, right? Like, so I'm coming up to having been a mum for seven years. I've had a lot of DMs from other mums who feel the same, that this is definitely a thing. You can only sit in the mumsy, dowdy, shitty blackness for about seven years before you're like, all right, let's rinse this shit off. Yeah. I'm going to wash my hair. I'm going to get new clothes. I'm going to throw away the maternity bras. I'm going to get some nice undies. I'm going to start to be me again. And you've really done that. I really feel like I'm in that now. Yeah. However, this is about the time you'd think about a third, right? Yeah. Probably a bit earlier even, but... I wonder if the third kid is just different where you're like, you know what? I'm not doing it like I've done it every other time. Yeah. Like it might be like, okay, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do this pregnancy on my terms. Like this time I'm going to do this. I'm going to carve out more me time. And then when that third baby comes along, sure, they probably get even more put in the corner. But I wonder if you've just got it a bit more. Yeah. If you can just handle it just that little bit more because like, here we go again. I know what I'm fucking doing. And I wonder if your identity has now worked itself out a bit more yeah. by seven years. Well, you know who you are inside motherhood yes. as opposed to, I'm just a mum. You're like, no, I'm me and I'm a mum. Yeah. And those two things can be true at once. Yes. So I wonder if the third, fourth, let's say fifth kid Whoa. is just a little bit more sure-footed. And it's just us weak <laughs> ones who just can't go in to see if that's the case (laughs) because we've just been so crushed by the first two. And especially now that you're emerging, you're like, hell no, am I going back to cluster feeding and shit changing all the time. Nappy bags and tantrums on the street. No, thank you. (laughs) Being on holiday really solidified that for me. There were so many tantrums all around me because it's just such a family holiday destination. And I was like, not going to be me, not going to be me. Look, that's not me over there. (laughs) Smug city. Smug city. Do you know what? I'm just going to call it now. You're so not done. I reckon there's a surprise baby in you guys. No way. I actually reckon there is. Nah. (laughs) Unless you carry it for me, in which case you will be all over it and know all about it. It's not going to be a surprise. I do not want any more children and neither does Hubs. You are someone who evolves quickly. Nah. You are. Nah. I mean, three eps ago, you were like, everything's very hard. I'm really struggling. And then like two eps ago, you were like, you know what? I'm just all about being present and mindful. <laughs> like a week. In a week, you did a 180. Oh my God, I hate myself. Imagine if what you could do in a year. The thing with the podcast though, Revs, <laughs> is we very much bring how we're feeling on the day yes. to an episode. Well, that's my point. How you feel today might not be how you feel tomorrow. And on that tomorrow, you might accidentally let your husband fall inside you and put a baby in there. Literally yesterday, I was like, have you booked in your vasectomy? Oh, yeah. Well. Go and see Dr. Snippity Doodah. <laughs> Get that shit tied up and sorted. I do not want a whoops baby. I know that I'm not at the seven year emerging <laughs> like a phoenix from the ashes stage, but I do feel like Iggy at the age he is and Raph at the age she is that we're finding a rhythm and flow where I feel like, cool, I've got this working mum thing in some sort of rhythm yep. that doesn't feel like my whole life is falling apart. Well, the good thing about what you did was it's the close together thing, right? Like yeah. everyone was like, oh God, what have you done? This is going to be so hard. Oh my God, 20 months? Like crazy. But flip side to that yes. is you push through it quicker. Yep. If you have the three or two and a half year age gap between each child, it goes on for longer, doesn't oh, it? Like, it's like you really slow stretch torture. it out. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds awful to I me. I mean, each kid gets a little bit more time and space probably. But again, in 40 years time, you're going to be like, well, that kid really benefited from that extra eight months with me. 
I love having two under two. If there are any pregnant mama, dear listeners, who are freaking out about having two under two and everyone and their freaking dog is telling you, oh, are you crazy? You're so brave. What are you doing? Good luck. Godspeed. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. And let me reiterate this to you. You're going to be fine. Yeah. Because you won't know any difference. And you have to be fine, mama. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be fine, so you will. Exactly. Yeah, you won't know any different. That's so true. I don't know what it is to have a three-year age gap. Yeah. I know what it is to have two under two. And yes, it was a shit show for a while, but now I'm through it. Yes. And Iggy's only 16 months. I'm through it. Yeah, it's amazing. It's manageable now. Are you the cleverest one of us all? Probably. <laughs> I've been saying this forever. <laughs> Okay, just quickly, I know we're getting into it here, but do you know what I don't have time for? What don't you have time for? My car. Uh, have you got a lemon? I've got a lemon. Oh, it's the worst when you buy a lemon. <sighs> Can I vent for a sec? Go for it. I resent having a car. I really do. When we lived in Edinburgh, we were carless and we were fucking free, Gem. Yeah. We were free. It's the good life. Oh, we just got cabs everywhere. We lived right in the city centre. We walked everywhere. It was just joyous. No insurance, no maintenance, no cleaning that goddamn cesspit. Yeah, there's so much of a financial way down oh, that comes with a car as well. And I don't like cars. I'm not into cars. Yeah. I don't need a nice one. I'll never need a nice car. Hubs and I are exactly the same. We're not huge car buffs. We're yeah. very practical. We're like, it gets us from A to B. Yes. As I mean, I like it... some space, you know, like a car with space. If I can have leather seats for the vomit wipe down, amazing. That's where it ends. Bonus add-ons. Won't die without it. Won't die without it. Don't want it. However, we moved back to Australia. In Sydney with children, you need a car. So we bought a car. We thought we'd done really well with the car that we got. All the things you want. It had low mileage, whatever. I don't understand this stuff, Gem, but... We got a car. Anyway, it's a fucking lemon. It, like, consumes so much oil. Now there's an engine thing. I was like, driving to work the other day. It was like, beep, beep, engine failure. Go to workshop. And I was like, I don't know if that's real or just a suggestion. You know, I'm just like... <laughs> I just don't Sent want... like a true cliche. I don't want to deal with this car. You're doing nothing for the sisterhood by being like, oh, I know. is that an engine oh. failure or suggestion? I feel my feminism leaving my body when I step in my car because I'm like, I don't know how to pour oil into this thing. I don't know how to like check that it's not overheating. I don't understand it. I could drive this into a mechanic and he could go, ah, what you need is a thing of me bob on the hoo-ha. And I'd be like, great, how much is that? Here's my card. Like I'm so susceptible. Oh, totally. And they could throw any figure and you'd be like, yeah, I guess that's what it costs. Yeah. And they'd be taken for a total ride. Yes. I don't have time to cross-check quotes or whatever. It's so stressful. So I'm asking, should I just sell this car? I don't know. And can we just get Ubers? I, I'm, I'm all for this. I would love for someone to do an experiment mm. where they take their car costs for a year mm-hmm. and that's like tolls, yeah. cost of petrol, yeah. cost of all the three different third party, first fucking party, green slip, green slip, slip blue insurance, slip, fucking yellow, whatever. All the rainbow slips. And then do 12 months yeah. of just Ubering yeah. and seeing what the cost comparison is. Yes, I would love to know. I bet you couldn't spend what you spend on a car in Ubers in a year. I bet you couldn't. 
and you'd probably take more public transport, which is great for everyone, for everything, for the environment. It's like interesting. You see a city more or whatever. Yeah, it's great. Like, listen to me being a hype girl. You take public transport, you see the city. It's like a stinky, gross way to get around <laughs> that takes a lot of time and you're not in control of it. But, you know, there are benefits. Yeah. I'm just done with having a car. Well, I still wonder if there will be cars in the future. Yeah, well, there'll be cars, but maybe they'll be driverless or... Sorry, that's what I mean. Automated cars. <laughs> yeah, ride shares and... Yeah. It's the car seats, isn't it? That's the issue. That's the thing. They're such a drag. I get it. They save our children's lives. Yeah, they have a purpose. <laughs> but how annoying... I know. A kid car seat. I know. Well, Isla does, is no longer in a car seat because <gasps> she's hit the height limit. She's she's only six, but she's hit the height limit where they don't have to be in a car seat anymore. So she's easy. So I can take her anywhere in any car. How good. But Ted's ages off that. We still need a seat for him. Can't get a definitive answer on whether you can take the kids in Ubers because overseas you can. You can take a kid in an Uber without a car seat. And here in New South Wales, you can take a kid in a taxi without a car seat. Oh. Don't see how it's different. But you can, you can have a baby on your lap in a taxi. As long as they're over one. Yes. But I can't get a definitive answer on like a four-year-old. Yeah, that's yeah. tricky. Yeah. I see a future where there's just a whole bunch of driverless cars zooming around the road and you just have an app, you ping for one, it turns up, the door opens automatically. Wow. You waltz on in <laughs> and there's like extra bougie ones that you can order that have a fireplace inbuilt. What? <laughs> When they're fully driverless, mm -hmm. people will start investing in the luxuries. And what can you actually have in a car? A fireplace. Why not? What? <laughs> Toast of marshmallows. Where have you gone with this? Why not? Do you remember when we were kids and Back to the Future 2 came out? And yes. it was like 2021 or something, wasn't it? I think it might have been, And actually. it was like flying cars and hovercraft skateboards and all that. And we're like, whoa. And I mean, like, we all think it's going to be the future. Yeah. Like cyborg future. I would love if my kids never had to drive. Oh, same. I can't imagine the stress of kids learning to drive. And the worrying and of the like, worrying, oh, Especially yeah. with our boys. Look, that is, what, 14 years away? Yeah. When oh yeah, Elon Musk could be president of the world by then. Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> a Tesla on every corner. Look, if anyone's got a sensible car, they can sell me. Who can take a car seat that is not going to cost me too much money? And who no! hit me up? I reckon you should do the experiment. You reckon? Yes, go carless. Yeah. Sell your lemon. Yeah. I don't know who to or for what price. <laughs> Just give it away. <laughs> and give it a go for twelve months yeah. and compare. Yeah. Do it for all of us. Okay. We would appreciate if we still have a podcast in 12 months' time, learning what the results are and the statistics and the percentages and the cost oh God. comparisons. Snooze. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> I'll carry a baby for you if you run a spreadsheet for me on this. Deal. So, Revzy, do you have a hashtag not spawny Oh, I have such a good one. Oh, hit me. Speaking of relaunching, yeah. I got sent a pair of jeans Ooh. and they are the perfect Jeans. Big call. So, guys, in one calendar year, I've found the perfect swimsuit and the perfect jeans. Look no further. I'm a fashion icon. <laughs> no, I'm not. But I know the pain of jeans shopping like we all do, especially postpartum. I have been wearing these jeans and people are DMing me round the clock on Instagram. And because I'm awkward and don't like tagging things, I'm just going to make it my not sponsored now. So, they are from Dish. D-I-S-S-H. I've never bought anything from Dish. I'm intrigued. Oh, my God. I just did a great haul from them. It's really cool, fashionable, but very wearable, chill, 
not mumsy at all clothes. I know. I always ask this question, but price point? Really reasonable. Great. This is the best thing about these jeans. They're $60. 60 bucks? 60 bucks. And they're really good quality and they wash well. I just, I just went back and bought the same style in every color and one different size. Wow. Yes. So... They're called the Mari Mom Light Blue Wash Denim Jeans. Sorry. Mom. Mom. They're mom jeans. <laughs> and I got them in light blue because that's a great look. And they, <laughs> they, Profound, Revs. They also, Profound. But they also come in white, cream, and black. I'm in Shark Week. White jeans just does not appeal to me no, right now. Get black or these light blue. I haven't worn jeans in three years. I reckon you'd love these. They are solid enough around the waist that you can like pull them up over your mum tum and they give you a really nice shape. The zipper's really sturdy so you don't get that like gunt going on. <laughs> <laughs> love me a gunt. I'm all about the gunt in some of my jeans. So you don't get that. And then the length of it, I really like, but you could roll them up or have them long. They came quite long. I might get some tailored because I just roll them at the moment. Hey, shorty. <laughs> hey, it's shorty. your birthday. It's my birthday. But they're just a really nice shape, a beautiful color. And every time I wear them, someone goes, oh, cool jeans. Where are they from? So you know they're good. 60 bucks. 60 bucks. Mari Mum light blue wash denim jeans from Dish. What a great not spawny. Great not spawny. Oh, and I should say, because people ask true to size, yes, I have a 12, and um, that's what I am at the moment, and they are true to size. Great. But they do need washing after, like, three wears to bounce back to that, like, fresh jeans fit. Any more tips, Revs? <laughs> yeah, sometimes they get a bit, like, trackies if you've worn them for, like, six days in a row, which is what I've done. Okay, I'm wrapping it up. You're laughing at me? What's your not sponsored? I've never seen you so passionate about a pair of jeans. I mean, don't we all want perfect jeans? No, I don't wear jeans anymore. Okay, that's your own little niche corner. They're just of... so uncomfortable. No, like, these having... aren't. <sighs> Maybe I'll have to give a pair of yours a whirl yeah, before I whirl. commit. Okay, what is your not sponsored? All right. I'm going to cheat on our podcast for a second Great. and promote another podcast. Amazing. One that I actually worked on. Oh. I know. Do you feel jelly? Yes. What? <laughs> and I'm going to challenge your sleep app. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So this oh, is. Oh, this is the one you did the reading. Yes. <gasps> Talk it up. So I was invited to be a part of this beautiful podcast called Nightlight. Mm. And let me just read you the blurb. Nightlight, for the night owls, the restless minds, the racing hearts, mm. the soul-seeking inspiration. Nightlight is a curation of the world's most beautiful stories performed as spoken word by some of Australia's most talented creatives. Like you. I, I, I feel a bit wanky now <laughs> reading that last bit. I'm one of Australia's most talented creatives. But in all seriousness... So it's like beautifully read and performed poetry, right? Yes. Or sleep. And it's Australian new works oh, poetry. obsessed. And we got to record it in a really bougie, like, professional studio. I got to get really up close and personal and intimate with the microphone oh and just read these beautiful words and just enjoy language. But the whole purpose of the podcast... Jim had a full-on sexual awakening with poetry. Oh, yeah. I was sliding <laughs> off my chair. <laughs> <laughs> You're so hot for poetry. I just, I love how words feel in my mouth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I walked myself right into that one. But this spoken word poetry 
is designed to help you calm your mind mm. and put you to sleep. Beautiful. I need that. Now, my episode isn't out yet, but okay. it will be soon Yay. in the coming weeks. But there's already a few apps out and I just highly recommend oh. if you do have a restless mind yes. and you're struggling to fall asleep, checking out Nightlight. Doing it now. I guess that's us for the week then. Oh my God. Another episode done. Happy Mother's Day for Sunday. <sighs> To all our mamas out there. Yes, I can't wait for our girls' lunch oh, as well. Yes. All booked in, ready to go. Can't wait. I've hinted a million times to my husband that I really want a facial. Not that kind of facial, oh. different kind of facial. Oh my God, where are you at? <laughs> Poetry got you hot. It has. I walked my kids past Liquorland yesterday and I pointed to a poster in the window that said, perfect for Mother's Day, champagne. And I was like, guys, see that sign? They're right. <laughs> So I hope I get a bottle of mum. But I hope all the mamas out there take a moment for themselves, carve out a bit of space and lean into what Mother's Day is really about, which is fuck off family. I need a bit of me time. Absolutely. If having your kids arrive with breakfast in bed is all you're getting, it's not going to cut it. No. You need some you time, even if it's an hour, just to go for a walk by yourself. I highly recommend pouring an aggressively large glass of wine and hiding in a cupboard. Perfect. Take your phone listen to the potty <laughs> you'll never have a better time <laughs> we love you we love you dear 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 listeners you're doing a good job cue the outro one of these days we'll work out the parts to sing the fucking outro no we can't sing anymore we've talked about this <sighs> wrap it up <laughs>